the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour, Joe and Jason. It is Friday. Yeah, we made it through. Uh, finally got here. Feels like I've worked six days because, well, Wednesday I thought it was Thursday and it was, it just wasn't. It was still just Wednesday, uh, no matter how hard I tried. But uh, we're a little walking wounded today. Uh, Kathy's out sick. Brittany's out sick. Uh, you got just me and our Arlene here at the, the Arizona office. We got Jason up there in the Colorado office. Uh, so uh, just be patient on the phone lines, and, and we'll get we'll get the information. We'll get those orders taken as fast as we can. And man, they had a huge day yesterday. Big rally on Wall Street as. Uh, Nvidia just blew it out of the water. The the magnificent seven. Uh, boy, you talk about a company on the move. Uh, it, it's market cap now, uh, just tearing through, passing Facebook, passing Meta, passing uh, just about everybody, almost everybody out there. But once again, the seven stocks, the magnificent seven making up the largest portion of the indexes of all time. And it only got bigger yesterday, Jay, right? The the market cap uh, got even bigger. Uh, But there is uh, some more things that we need to talk about when it comes to uh, wealth and finance. The German Central Bank says uh, they lost lost money. Would they have a... You know, don't tell anybody, but, you know, they have a, a loss that, well, by now, probably in the $130, 140000000000 billion range. Uh, but they don't have to count that. That's just, a, you know, don't worry. We'll pay it back later when we make money. Uh, yeah, and you're like, well, gosh, how can a central bank make money? Well, because they, they make money by printing money out of thin air and pretending to buy debt and treasuries and things of that nature. But Germany, it's a little different now because they're part of the EU. So uh, what is going to happen with the German central bank? They said that they've gone through their reserves. They lost uh, they had a rainy day fund. Uh, that rainy day fund is now empty, and the uh, German Central Bank says, hey, we're going to have a loss uh, next year that we're not going to be able to pay. So very interesting developments when it comes to, and really all the central banks in the world. I'm, you know, uh, Can we get to a situation, Jason, where central banks could be sitting on like a trillion dollars of losses. I mean, because obviously our central bank, as they continue the quantitative tightening, every time they sell the $95 billion a month right now, they lose money. You know, it's just a set of zeros, isn't it? I mean, when the deficits were a million dollars decades and decades ago, then, then it was a billion dollars. Oh, my gosh, we're running deficits. We're running a... You know, and that's decades ago. And then, then 
then in the 19, early 1980s, we, we got to a, a, a national debt of a trillion, and people were f- kind of freaking out because the inflation was going at that time. So, yeah, what's a set of zeros, right, Joe? That's all it is. That's, that's, that's how they'll sell it, right? It's all oh, it's just a set of zeros. It's a number too big for you to worry about, you know? So I, can, can they do it? I don't know. It's all about people uh, having the faith uh, to, to allow it to faith, happen. Right. Yeah, right. Do the, How much more faith are they going to have? Uh, and when we get back in this segment, here's some things that we're going to talk about today. A major commercial real estate underwriter, uh, and you'll know the name when we tell it to you, has pulled out completely in cities like New York and others where they will no longer even write commercial real estate loans. Uh, this is a big development here. This this kind of just says uh, whatever the property values have fallen, This th- these guys say, hey, it's not enough. We're going to immediately stop underwriting uh, all commercial-backed real estate in some of the biggest cities in the country. And then, Jason, the central bank starting to get a little worried about uh, the amount of capital that the mega banks have. And so uh, things are starting to, uh, once again, get a little dark at the same time uh, we got record high stock prices almost across the world going on. Yeah, I don't think they really hold any assets anyway, do they, Joe? I mean, <laughs> they, it's, they hold debt. And uh, the problem is is that uh, there's a, we're in a point in the cycle where the, uh, uh, the debt's not holding up. There's a, there's a problem. There's you know, a chink in their armor, so to speak. And, they, and when the, the debt markets start freezing up, the liquidity, you know, the exchange of these printed dollars start to slow down, the debt market starts to die. So uh, when you're talking about the big banks having trouble with, with assets, well, they, they're having trouble moving debt around. It's, it's why they talk about the markets freezing up. In t- 2008, you know, almost everybody was going to get ready to pull their money off the table. So, you know, oh, the gambling table is closed, and then uh, you can't have uh, a debt money system without the money moving. So we're kind of, we're kind of there again, aren't we, Joe, where the, you know, the higher interest rates is, and, and, the, and the inflation is, is sort of uh, slowed everything down. It's, it's like the, the Tin Woodsman. They had to add liquidity, right? They got to oil the joints uh, with, with more, uh, more debt, but when will the Fed print, right? Yeah, and this is going to be something where this is the Fed's own data, uh, the Martin's Wall Street on Parade. If you want to read about it yourself, I'm going to give you the highlights when we get back. Uh, go to go to allamericangold.com. Uh, you'll see the article there. It, it is something that the banks, and especially what we'll call the mega banks, the 25 largest banks, something according to the Federal Reserve, at least on the charts that they have, that's never happened before that is now affecting capital ratios. We've got that and a whole bunch more when we come back. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour, Joe and Jason on this Friday. A quick look at the markets here. 
The Dow is up 100. So yesterday was up over 400. Uh, the S&P's down five. The Nasdaq's down 77. Uh, gold is on the move here. Gold's up $14, 2034. Silver higher by about 10 cents here, 22.90. Crude oil is down today. The 10-year note uh, down a little bit at 428. And, and again, being diversified, this is going to be the key here. Uh, 2024, we've dubbed it the year of chaos. You're going to have big days on the good side, big days on the bad side. Uh, and being diversified is going to be more important than ever before. And really, I think what comes after 2024, it's going to get a much more difficult uh, The uh, as, well, let's just face it. They just printed finally. We, we get into that point where how much debt was too much. Well, it looks like we've kind of gotten to that point, uh, which is going to make returns in debt markets a lot more complicated moving forward. That's why we keep telling you to check out our friends at Y-Refi, up to 10.25% fixed rates of return. Yeah, you heard me right, 10.25% fixed. What does fixed mean? Doesn't change. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What, what about this and that? No, it doesn't change. Uh, and, hey, uh, a 10-plus 10, 10 percent uh, rate of return year in, year out, yeah, that's not a bad deal. you got to have a minimum of $50,000. Check them out. Invest. Yrefi.com. Uh, or just make it easy. Just call them. 888-YREFI24. And uh, as we were talking, Jason, uh, before, the, the, for the first time ever, the Federal Reserve uh, released uh, a bunch of charts and data going back to July 3rd of 1985. So this chart, that, that's as far back as this chart goes. A span of like 39 years, okay? There has never been a time when the largest 25 banks were bleeding the de bleeding deposits as the scale that we've seen in the last 22 months. Uh, so record deposit outflows from the 25 largest banks. And it's kind of interesting because the Federal Reserve is saying, hey, wait a minute, we want these banks to have more money on hand. And it's kind of, you remember, and Jamie Dimon, remember Jamie Dimon, Jason? He started freaking out. Oh, you can't do that. No, that's going to be terrible. Well, maybe the reason they're, they're freaking out about it, Jason, is because uh, the deposit base continues to evaporate at these large banks. Well, and you can't have people depositing money if they've got no money to deposit. I mean, how, how are you going to uh, keep your your, your uh, levels uh, of uh, money in your bank high if the, uh, the inflation is wildly out of control and people don't have as much on the end of their paycheck to leave it in your bank. So, yeah, you're going to suffer the consequences uh, of this inflation that, that the Federal Reserve created, especially in 2020, printing half of all the known money in this country all in one year and, uh, you know, blame it on COVID. And then uh, where are we? Here we are in 2024, and Joe's talking about banks that – you know, can't, can't keep the, the wheels turning because there's not enough uh, money, right, Joe? Is, uh, 
the Fed creates the inflation, and then the, the big banks are like, oh, what are we going to do? People don't have money in our banks. You know, biz- businesses are closing down. We used to have all these businesses, you know, yeah, the little depositors, yeah, we can, we can use those guys, but uh, what about all those businesses that throw all these large numbers in our bank? Well, they're all closing down. They're all the, the, you know, the, the, everybody's gotten, uh, everyone's gotten very uh, frugal, haven't they, Joe? I mean, uh, it's it's just one thing after another. I, I, every time I talk to somebody locally, there's always another indication of, of money not flowing. You know, just um, people don't have it anymore. And then, uh, you know, the Martins Wall Street on Parade, uh, by the way, if you want to, again, look at this yourselves, uh, we have it up uh, at allamericangold.com, but they do such a great job. So they went back to 1998. So that is when, now remember, a lot of interesting things that people don't know happen, you know, like, you know, we talk about, uh, the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913, the taking of the gold in 1933, making it illegal to own for almost 40 years, right? And then, of course, 1971, Nixon closes the gold window, uh, and, and we see debt exploding. Debt, okay, <laughs> that's... That's a that's right. I saw Arlene's handed me a note here, and uh, as we watch this, as we watch this, the debt just starts exploding after 1971. Well, something else happened that we don't talk enough about in 1998, which was the ending of Glass Steagall. So now Glass-Steagall, that came about during the Great Depression because essentially the bankers cost it all, okay? It wasn't gold that, oh, oh, we need, no, it wasn't. It was banks behaving badly. So they set these rules up in Glass-Steagall that prevented, you know, banks from being too big, uh, you know, uh, how did all of these banks start disappearing? Well, they changed the rules, right? Because Glass-Steagall kind of limited that. Remember when, you you know, gosh, we you, you'd have banks that were just, oh, well, they're just in Arizona. And, and uh, may, maybe, maybe you had a, a, a bank that was, hey, maybe they were on the West Coast or maybe they were on the East Coast. Uh, we didn't have global banks, right? And banks now, you know, like like J.P. Morgan, right? They're all over the country and all this stuff. Well, that was the repealing of Glass-Steagall. And something very interesting is that the ratio of deposits of these 25 mega banks, okay, stood at... Uh, three times uh, to the smaller banks was about three times. Now, Jason, the the ratio of deposits between the mega banks and these little banks is down to two times. So it is a huge reduction in deposits at these mega banks uh, that that we saw before from when before they enacted Glass Steagall to after they enacted Glass-Steagall. And, of course, they're trying to tell us how safe they are when we know, gosh, 
None of these banks can fail or put the whole system at risk. Uh, but even the Fed's own data now is saying that these mega banks don't have the deposits necessary really to be considered, I don't know, in any, any measure, really all that safe at all. Yeah, Joe, I mean, uh, you know, I, I like to talk about Andrew Jackson a lot and what he did against the central banks at his time. And, and uh, what he essentially did is they had their central bank. It was the second bank of the United States. It was a, it was a central bank that was gobbling up all the all the, the deposits. You know, it was it was the, all the government that was doing was in that bank. So it, it was it wasn't the monolith that we have today, but it was it was going to turn into that. And uh, you talk about Glass-Steagall, Joe. Andrew Jackson was Glass-Steagall. When he took apart the large monolithic, at their time, central bank, which is the second bank of the United States, all the deposits went into state banks. Everyone started doing business locally again, and everybody prospered massively. The problem with a big bank is not that it's big. The problem is they're taking all your money, it's leaving your communities, and it's bankrupting your area. You know, they didn't have dying cities in the 1800s because everyone was growing. Everyone kept their money there. Everyone was helping each other out. Well, these big banks, they suck all the blood out of your community, and they just it goes to some, like you said, an international bank. It's going to the Bank of England. It's going uh, to, to some other country or going to China or, or wherever, Joe. And, and uh, Glass-Steagall was a great idea, but, you know, it was, it was, it was not shutting down the central bank. That, that's how you really right. give it back. That's how you give it back. Get rid of federal government. Just get, let, let local government, local banks, state banks, let them handle it, Joe. So in the last 16 years, get this now, the, the ratio keeps shrinking. Even though these mega banks, these freaking banks, keep gobbling up these smaller yep. banks. In the last 16 years, 4,506 banks have been merged. Right. That's, you know, now some of the, a lot of them, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot, probably, you know, 500 plus, maybe a thousand of them were probably going to be insolvent. Right. So they kind of, you know, were forced to merge. But five, 4,506 banks have been gobbled up by these 25 larger banks. And the Fed has only denied one. So anytime these mega banks, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you can have it, you can have it, right? Because, again, it's all about deposits. And, Jason, despite this, this ratio just keeps falling. And these banks now, uh, you got to remember, we, we did a show a few weeks ago talking about the size of derivatives that these banks are holding. And then you think about Grant Cardone. You guys, a lot of you will know Grant Cardone. Uh, he is a, a big commercial real estate investor, and he's an influencer. Uh, and he just went on a, a rant about progressive policies in these big cities, turning them into what he called hell holes, uh, overrun with crime, migrants, homelessness, open-air drug mar markets and constant chaos. And he has now said uh, they will underwrite no more loans 
in the commercial real estate market uh, in New York, uh, California, right? He says, hey, we're, we're just going to concentrate on states like Texas and Florida. And, and Jason, I think this is, this is a huge development because when we talk about capital ratios, when we talk about derivatives, uh, we've talked a lot about commercial real estate. Uh, what was it? Fitch? Uh, earlier this week said, hey, there's 49 of these smaller banks that are going to need to get merged, right, because they have too much exposure uh, to commercial real estate in the wrong places. Uh, But now you have a major, major investor in commercial real estate saying, hey, we're out of here. We're out of here. We're not. We're not going to do it. And one of the one of the other reasons, and this, I was wondering if this was going to happen, uh, the Donald Trump case brought brought up as another reason. We don't want to deal with the New York system, you know, with these court decisions, and when we're no longer going to be underwriting any of these loans, which just tells me, let's face it, if there was money to be made, they'd make it. And what they're saying is. There's no money to be made here. The prices that these real estates has fallen to is still not enough. There's a lot. It looks like there's a lot more pain to come. Yeah, I, I think things are going to get worse for sure, Joe. There's there's all the markers are there. We've been reporting it a lot the last couple of years, just how slowly but surely it's just been all the indicators getting worse and worse. But uh, just just nothing as a no tipping point yet. So. So yeah, I I, uh, I agree with that statement, Joe. It's going to get uh, it's going to get worse and worse. Uh, the speed of which I don't know, right? It, it, I'm always waiting for the second shoe to drop, so to speak. But it, it might just be one of those slow motion things, right? It just continues to grind and grind and grind, and that's the best way to get people to accept it, I guess. But we'll see, right, Joe? Are we gonna are we gonna get a thud here anytime in 2024? That's that's what we're waiting for. Well, and again, you know, you talk about slow motion. Look at the, the deposits of these banks. It's taken decades for it to slowly grind down and grind lower and grind lower. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News, our uh, Joe and Jason. I'm waiting for Arlene to get off the phone. We got a great opportunity. It's limited. I'm going to tell everybody right now, get your phones ready. We'll announce it on the next segment, but but it's going to be limited, but it's going to be red hot. You're going to want to get into it. Gold's up now 16 here, 2036. Uh, silver now up 15 cents here, getting ready to crest $23 to the ounce. But when you think about Cardone Capital, I mean, these are guys, how big are they? They, they, their, their portfolio of office space uh, is, is pretty small. He's a pretty smart guy. Hey, I don't like office space. They, they own 11,900 apartments, right, uh, over $4 billion. Uh, they have 14,000 uh, 14, mega investors. Kevin O'Leary now has added – uh, New York is a loser state. California is a loser state. I'm never going to invest in New York any longer. Uh, so uh, it seems like uh, the list is starting to grow of, of billionaires saying we're done with things here. To, the, to that point, 
the Federal Reserve is now saying that leverage in the financial sector to commercial real estate is now being characterized as notable. So that, that's that's not good, right? In other words, the Fed now is admitting, hey, there, there's more exposure here, and it looks like this problem is getting more, you know, we do stress tests in our worst-case scenarios, and, of course, their worst-case scenarios aren't worst-case scenarios, Jason. That's kind of the problem, isn't it? Their worst-case scenario is, is like a best-case scenario. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there's some wisdom in that because uh, – uh, those guys that you're mentioning are, are a little bit more traditional kind of guys, right? They're a little more traditional type of investment guys, and for them to to have the bad news, you're probably right. That's probably uh, if they're saying it and saying it out loud. And then these guys, they have, I'm sure, you know, these are guys that have contacts in New York. Of course, they have contacts in, in California. So uh, you're probably right. They're probably it must look really, really bad for them to, to yeah. go this far. So it's probably a best That's case scenario. You're probably yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what it looks like. And then, you know, we're talking about uh, this weakness in deposits again at these banks. And, and here's yep. where the problem is. They're sitting on bad loans. We know it's bad for commercial real estate. We, we know that. Housing, there's really no housing loan. You know, it, they're being made. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's. It's not robust enough, right, because housing is so – sales are so slow. The loans are fine, but they can't create enough of them, right? Credit cards now are going the wrong way. Auto loans are going the wrong way. Uh, when we look at the Federal Reserve, go back to the Great Depression. You know, uh, and I did not know this, but uh, during the Great Depression, the Fed made – a whopping 123 emergency loans. That's it. 123 banks got money. And they got $1.5 million. That was the bailout of, of 1933. $1.5 million. Uh, to tell you what a great job the Federal Reserve has done, that would equate to $33.77 million today. So whatever you could buy for a million bucks in 1933, you now need $33 million. Uh, th- that's what they've done. Uh, that, that's, that's what they've done to the dollar, right? They've just d- destroyed it completely. If you go back to 2010, and really 07 to 2010, so the financial crisis, we know that they they printed 16 trillion dollars in emergency loans. That doesn't count all the other loans that they did. And if you use the 33 million, right? Not the 1 million. Let's go with the 33 million. Right? That would be 474,777 times greater amount of money that they had to use to bail out banks from 2007 to 2010 than they did during the Great Depression. And, and Jason, how much is it going to be for the next 
emergency. And that's kind of what we're talking about. We're kind of, we got all these signs that the next emergency, it's coming. We just don't know when, right? Does it come this year, next year, two years from now, three years from now? Uh, but the overwhelming cost, it, it, it really, it, it's shocking to, to think about, wait a minute. These banks are 475,000 times more risky than they were during the Great Depression, right? It seems it seems illogical, but that's what the money says. And yeah, you've been talking about you know low deposits at these banks, you know, being a huge issue. You know, the underlying problem really is it's the, it's a debt money system. So the, the national debt is 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 pushing pretty fast now. It's 34 trillion, 284 billion. Of that 34 trillion, uh, starting starting already in January, and February, but for this this calendar year, uh, over eight trillion, like eight and a half trillion of that debt has to turn over. You know, you can't have this debt money system and let the debt expire, and 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 uh, and hope that things are going to be good. Because when that debt expires, that means there's less money in circulation. So we've been talking, not enough do- deposits, right? Well, this this debt is expiring. They need to they need to have it turn over. And how do you turn over eight and a half trillion dollars? This this was the first year in a four year span where there were you know eight, nine, maybe ten trillion dollars has to turn over. And we just went through inflation the last couple of years where short term debt was being bought two year and five year because it was just more lucrative and safe. So by the time this this long term ten year, thirty year stuff which is turning over the next couple of years, by the time the, the three or four years, which is gonna be really painful to try to get someone to buy this stuff. Then the short-term debt's going to have to turn over what, 26, 27, 28, Joe. So this is a, this is a never-ending problem of trying to yeah. shove a product onto the world. I mean, who owns the debt? It's China, it's the Fed, it's 401ks. This is a never-ending problem to, uh, for a pyramid scheme, which is seeing its best days behind it, Joe. You know, and you bring up a great point. Remember when mortgage rates got super cheap? Remember? Well, Janet Yellen was messing around and she decided man i don't want to sell a lot of long-term debt because i need rates to be you know we got to help the how i want them to be as low as possible so to jason's point they floated up on two-year three-year five-year seven-year uh during that period and now jason's like hey this problem's coming home to roost now because All of that stuff's got to be rolled over again, and it's just an onslaught. Starting with this year, over $10 trillion to be rolled over, and it grows every year. Patriot Radio News Hour, the big special. Get your your dialing figures ready. 800-951-0592. Gold's up $17. The special today, we have 50, and we don't have more. Arlene uh, is just answering the first phone, and I haven't even told you what it is yet. I've got $55 Liberties, a quarter ounce pre, what, 1866 to 1907, $5 Liberties. Uh, right now on, on the website, uh, the price, 585 565 on $5 Liberties today, we have 50, and that is it, and, and that is red hot, uh, especially with this move in gold here today. Uh, take advantage of this. Uh, by the way, 2024 Silver Eagles, 
We are sold out right now. They are out of stock. We do have backdate Silver Eagles, uh, but 2024, uh, it's been a while since we've been saying we're out of stock on Silver Eagles, but it definitely looks like some of these deposits at these banks have found their way into the gold market and the silver market. But $5 Liberty's got the red hot $565. We only have 50 of them. 800 951 And uh, the problems are stacking up again with the COVID money running out. California now the budget deficit continues to worsen so a month ago we told you hey the the budget deficit 60 billion dollars Gavin Newsom comes like no 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 it's only going to be 38 billion it is now 75 billion dollars in rising New York and Illinois have also said now they are running major budget deficits Arizona same thing but it's getting worse uh, according to the latest uh, financial state of cities report the largest most populated Cities in the United States, the 75 biggest cities, 53 do not have enough money to pay all of their bills. And they said, here's the problem. They haven't done 2023 yet. This was all just at the end of 2022. So I'm sure this list has gotten even bigger. But the 75 largest cities... They have about $300 billion worth of assets available to pay bills. But their debt, including unfunded retirement benefit promises, totals almost $600 billion. So, Jason, we're talking about they only got half of the amount of money they actually need. And now that this COVID stuff, you know, the COVID cover-up money is gone, uh, this is another debt that's going to take center stage. Yeah, how how much are those five dollar liberties? <laughs> yeah, five sixty five, which that's going to be a huge deal, without a shadow of the doubt. Uh, phone lines are open. Arlene will get to you in the order that we call uh, that you called in at. Uh, but but Jason, when you, again we see these things building, we've seen this before. This was remember during the financial crisis. Right, we we saw these things building, and it's very similar. You know, we hit stocks hit an all time high in August of two thousand seven, and then all of a sudden, before the year's over, Lehman Brothers out of business, and uh, the following March, Bear Stearns, you know, they they got merged. Right, all these things happened, and it it, it just looks like uh, it's not a a, a a carbon copy. Right, because it's a little different. It started with housing debt the last time. This time, Jason, it looks like it's going to be a combination between commercial real estate, uh, city and state deficits, on top of the amount of federal debt that's got to get rolled over, on top of credit cards and auto loans. And it just feels like, right, this problem, it's like a wave. It's way offshore, but you, we're seeing it 
build and build and build and eventually when that wave crests you, you better hope you don't have a lot of money sitting in those banks that's it i mean that's as, as simple as you can say it yeah having your money money idle is is bad in so many ways you know because yeah your bank is not as secure as as some might say and and uh on top of that joe the inflation eating away at it uh holding piles of, of cash is uh, not not a good idea. How many times we'll probably be saying that in, in, until the end of our lives, Joe? Because <laughs> I don't see the financial system changing. Holding onto piles of cash and having it sit there is it's just not the best thing. Well, if you if you had a million dollars in your bank account in 1933 and you still have a million dollars today, man, you're a lot poorer, right? Think about it, right? You, you know, now it's a uh, thirty. You need 33 million. Uh, to have the same kind of buying power. Uh, this report of the 75 cities, only 1% received an A grade for fiscal health. The vast majority of these cities got Ds. Uh, so, Jason, not only was it not good, Right. They, you know, they weren't B's or C's. No, D's and F's uh, are, are, are what they're saying. And, and that just tells you, right, uh, any little shove and all of a sudden you've got another problem. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a scary situation, Joe. And, uh, you know, the average guy trying to figure out what to do and then you put it in the wrong place and you can lose even bigger. So that's, uh, if you're going to save some money, at least, what is it, 565 bucks for a $5 Liberty, which may it's about as low as I can remember for the last few months, Joe, maybe maybe last year. Yeah, yeah, by far, 800-951-0592. Thanks for Radio News Hour. Joe and Jason wrapping up the week when we get back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Just be patient. Uh, right now, we've got uh, a couple of phone lines open. Arlene's going to get you in the order that uh, you call in. Uh, we had uh, the five dollar liberties. Uh, we only had fifty of them. I know that. I don't know exactly where we are, but I know we don't have fifty anymore. Uh, five hundred. Yeah, I'm going to repeat what Joe's saying. Be patient. I got guys calling my phone. It's like, yeah, yeah. Arlene is, uh, she's got a nice pace, a slow pace, but she's very thorough. So just, you know, we're shorthanded. So uh, so if you want some of those $5 liberties, we'll get them to you. Just uh, be be nice and slow. Calling me ain't going to help because I got to do radio, and Joe's got to help Arlene on the phone. So uh, we'll get it done, Joe. But it's it's a good sign that people know value when they hear it, Joe. Yeah, that's right. And and, uh, if you missed it earlier, Kathy's out sick. Brittany's out sick. So uh, we're we're a little bit shorthanded. Just be patient. Uh, but it's just a, a great opportunity uh, to put away some uh, fractional gold at a fantastic price, uh, $565. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, here's the 10 best cities uh, as far as budget. D.C.'s number one. And this is cost per taxpayer. Followed by Irvine, California, Plano, Texas, Lincoln, Nebraska, Oklahoma City, Aurora, Colorado, Fresno, California, Raleigh, North Carolina, Virginia Beach, and Corpus Christi, Texas. The worst, New York City, number one, 
tax burden per tax. So this is the burden per taxpayer. $61,800 for New York City. Chicago, 42900 And Honolulu, Philadelphia, Portland, New Orleans, Miami, Milwaukee, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh uh, round out the 10 worst cities as far as deficit per taxpayer. Five dollar liberties are gone. Uh, we are sold out. Uh, you know, this second day in a row, we we sold out of uh, the sixty three saints yesterday. We sold out of the rolls of half dollars yesterday. Today, uh, we've sold out of the uh, five dollar liberties. Uh, so. Thank you very much, and I wish we had more, but we just don't, right, Jason? Right now, it's just whatever whatever we can find is what we do. Yeah, we've had some sluggish sales last year, but uh, it, it's heating up, uh, people figuring it out, and it's also tax season. So these specials, when they're coming, may not may not be as easy as 2023, let's just say, you know, because uh, the, the, the money that – uh, you'll be, it's a little harder for some of those, the smaller buyers to buy this stuff. But, man, Joe, I've been telling Joe, like, wait for tax season. Joe, and Joe's been through this more than me. But I have a feeling tax season this year is we're going we're gonna to get busy. We're going to get busy uh, February. Uh, I, I know that uh, my taxes were done, and it's, it's, it'll be in process. So I know you guys are getting your stuff done. March and April, it's just going to heat up. So these specials are going to be short-lived, I think, for the next few months. I think March and April is going to be really interesting months uh we're, we're really going to have to follow uh the money man navidia today it crossed two trillion in market cap briefly this morning uh just tells you the overwhelming size of the seven uh that really now dominate wall street it's it's kind of nerve-wracking isn't it to say that uh, so much power in the hands of so few companies. It really makes it difficult for, for people because a lot of people, it's they're, they're, hey, their savings is in a 401k, and you don't get to pick just the seven stocks, right? You gotta you gotta get stuck with with all of them. It, it's it's just crazy out there. God bless everybody. Jason and I, we're gonna wrap up the week uh, with the half empty cup. Stay with us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.